Blog Talk Radio. This is power. This is tradition. This is Talladega. The biggest party in NASCAR returns October 12th through 14th. Pack up the crew and head out to Talladega Super Speedway for race weekend October 12th through 14th. Ticket holders for the 1000bulbs.com 500 can enjoy free camping in three different campgrounds around the track. This is more than a race. This is Talladega. It only happens once a year, and it only happens at Homestead Miami Speedway. The world will be watching as dreams are made, hopes are crushed, and championships earned. It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to HomesteadMiamiSpeedway.com for tickets. Good evening from Dega Nation. I'm Tim Despain. Stephen Wilson has the evening off. Uh, i got my good friend Rowdy from the Rowdy Maglite Show on the Speedway Digest Radio. Rowdy's going to join me tonight. Rowdy, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. You and I both, Rowdy. It's, it's Dega, baby. There's nothing like it, is it, brother? No, I tell you, we started in 91, and we've been steady at it. And every year, it's like the world's uh, state fair. We just get bigger and better. Amen, brother. Sort of like our vacation. But uh, if you can, let me go ahead and uh, say, a, say a little quick prayer since I think our Reverend Reverend Joe might have had, might have had some issues coming on. But uh, if we can, uh, let's bow our heads. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Let us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for the kingdom, the power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. And I apologize for missing the prayer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ratty, uh we got a we got a big show tonight, brother. I know y'all uh y'all had a big one last night. Talk a little bit about I think i seen where y'all had Christian X on. We sure did. We were, uh, the Rowdy Maglite crew was lucky enough to be all together in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil two, uh, 200, and uh, we had a great time. I know it. we had two rains, rain delays, but you know what that did to him? That gave us about four extra hours to be able out, to go out and talk and get the story. What maybe be going on? In the future, NASCAR, we found out a good bit. There's a lot of decisions already being made where Arthur's going to be in 2020, and I think we're headed in the right direction. And that sounds good, Ratty. I know you and I at Chi-Time, Mark, and uh, Stephen Wilson, we've all talked a little bit about how this deal is going to go down because you and I heard of heard of this uh, this past spring race here at, here at Talladega. We had heard in the media center, well, prior to the announcement in the in the in the Patterson Media Center here at Talladega Super Speedway that uh, NASCAR was going to acquire ARCA. And, you know, you and I didn't know a lot about it. We walked through the ARCA garage, and a lot of the guys was thinking it, that that they were going to be doomed. Rather, they were thinking, you know, that the price was going to go up and everything just because you got that NASCAR stamp on it. But the way it looks, NASCAR is really going to work with some of the teams, the owners, drivers, and also the K&N stuff. It's like they're going to... Uh, I don't want to quote 
everything because uh, this is just my opinion. It's, it's like it's going to be like a minor league deal, stepping up to something to that nature. Does does that sound right, Ryder? Well, when they get to that uh, ten race deal that they call the uh, Arco Elite, it's sort of like a playoffs. You got to be eighteen to be able to drive the super speedways. Uh, it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be interesting. It's kind of like the uh, Sioux Chief Challenge that we've got now, except it's just going to be under a different deal. It's a short track. And I'll tell you, if you hadn't seen Arco on short track, folks, it's, it's it's great now. But that Elmore engine and that composite body, there's a lot of young stars that are headed up to be racing on Sunday, and I'm glad to be part of what they're doing now. And, yes, Christian Eckman was on the show, three-time Arco winner this year. That was his last race for the year for Venturini Motorsports. And, Rowdy, you bring up one good thing uh, about short tracks. ARCA was born and raised on short tracks and sort of uh, graduated up to uh, Daytona, Talladega, Michigan, what have you, Pocono there with the with the tricky triangle. And I think uh, a lot of the NASCAR fans on the NASCAR side of it, they're wanting to go back to some of these half-mile tracks. Uh, they also want to put something on uh, on the dirt, but I think we need, the di- need to leave the dirt to Eldor with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. But like I mentioned, you bring up a really good point. A lot of the NASCAR fans want to go back to some of your, uh, say, your Wiltsboro's, your Rockingham's, uh, uh, your uh, Nashville up there. And Arthur still runs Nashville up there. That's a really good track. But And I think what we're heading, head, heading to, Rowdy, is I think we're getting back to some of the grassroots racing like some of the race fans want. Correct? Right. You're exactly right. You know, when you mentioned Nashville, I was by there Sunday. Coming in from uh, Indianapolis, and I, the, actually the cops stopped on the bridge, and I was either going to sit in the hot sun or on the interstate. So I was able to exit off, and I ran over, which off the interstate is probably less than a quarter of a mile to the track over there. there we're in trouble of losing that track to be, be replaced by a soccer field. And, and folks need to get up arms on this, and let's 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 stop that movement. I understand, look, soccer's great, but Nashville's big enough to have two events. Don't despoil what we got here. Don't take what we got away and give it to somebody else. Everybody needs to get a hold of somebody in Nashville that's important and, and try to change your mind on that. And, Rowdy, you bring up a really good point. Again, also talking about going to soccer, you know, Bruton Smith and a bunch up there at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway, they they had a college football game in in the infield up there. I think it was Virginia, Virginia Tech or something like that. I mean, you know, you can you still have soccer events. Uh, you can fix up a baseball field, what what have you there. But uh, leave the racetrack alone. Let everybody race because, like, you know, Rowdy, you've been around long enough, probably long I don't mean to say that, a little bit longer than I have. And you've seen some of these racetracks close. And wherever these racetracks close, Rowdy, it's hard to get them back on the on the ARCA schedule or a uh, or a and n deal there, or maybe even a, a a truck race there. And some of these drivers want this short track stuff. And uh, I just hope you all listen to what Rowdy and Rowdy and everybody there, Chi-Town, Martin, Jeff, they do a great job promoting the, 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 the sport of ARCA. But Rowdy, real quick, let me let everybody know the number to call in is, 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain, alongside a Rowdy Maglite. Mr. Ronnie O'Rear is filling in for Stephen Woods tonight where he has the 
He has a night off, and look, I'm I'm located approximately eight miles south of where the crow flies here, right at this 2.66 mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. And uh, y'all coming down? When y'all gonna make the check over, brother? I'm, you know, Tim. I can actually make it over tomorrow. So tomorrow afternoon, if I get firewood loaded up off the truck. I may be headed there tomorrow, but if not, it'll be early Thursday morning just to get out and try to get ahead of the people that I have to see. I don't have to see them. You want to see them. I mean, you, you're in the neighborhood. You're in you're in everybody's neighborhood that you've ever met from Talladega, and you like to get by and see them. So hopefully tomorrow afternoon I can be next to a campfire, and the weather's going to be great. You know, hey, Tim. The price of Sunday ticket, and it don't have to be the best seat in the house, will get you camping, free camping in the North Park and over in South Park. That, that's hard to beat. Three, I think they have three campgrounds, uh, Tim, that's free camping. That's right, Ratty. We had uh, Grant Lynch on the show last week, uh, president here at Tidal Super Speedway. He did just to throw us out there. He mentioned he's going to he's gonna, he's gonna throw in the – Gonna throw in the checkered flag after uh, after the uh, big transformation deal is done. I think it's gonna be ready for the fall of October. But we we had Grant on in, and that's funny funny that you mentioned that Grant said we got a we got different campgrounds for different type people. You know we have a Christian camp campground for people that don't drink, don't have alcohol. We have a campground for where we tell them to be quiet around ten o'clock. We have a campground for where we tell them to be quiet. At 1 a.m., and then we have the West Park. You know where the West Park <laughs> is, but they don't and tell North them Park. to go to bed. Yes, they let them do whatever they want to, brother. And just like Riley's saying, if you don't have a ticket, I know Tyler Super Speedway and Russell Brown and a bunch out there, they're running, running a really good special right now. You can get two two Sunday tickets for the price of $79, and it would cost you that for to, to take a family of four to six to a uh, to a movie, Riley. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not a bad two Sunday tickets. That, that's uh, plus you got free camping, and all you got to do is tell them, listen, just throw a few things in there and go. And the people that if you need anything, just ask people next door; they'll be glad to help you. I mean, that's the best part is at the very end of a great camping trip, we have a race on Sunday, and it's awesome. Exactly, brother. And just like you said, just throw it in there. You- if you forget it, somebody there's got it. I'm not going to say I'm going to give you my toothbrush, but I do normally carry a extra toothbrush in case something happens to mine. So I got a brand-new toothbrush. So anybody out there, I know that sounds corny as hell, you know, brother, but I had to bring that up. Anybody out there that needs a toothbrush, I'll have an extra toothbrush this week in a day. Hey, Tim, we also last night, let me give these guys a shout-out. These guys, you know, uh, the best part about these different parks you were talking about, they, a lot of these different parks, different camps have different themes, and they do and help different people around the communities. Dagadoo Club over there in, in the infield where they, they have the big one on the boulevard. Wally was on last night. If, if you want to listen to the lineup, you can go back to my show on the archives and listen to what Wally had to say. Also, you can pull them up on the Dagadoo Club. They got what drivers. You, you just, when you walk over there, they're going to treat you so good, you, you, you're going to be back every year. Uh, Wally called in on the first part of the show, and then after Wally was Jason uh, Cumner. He's with the Dago Misfits over on the South Park. And they put on a little thing over there, and their deal is two hots and a cot. 
which is helping homeless people in Birmingham. And Jason's been doing that for a while. And then back over in the North Park, you got Eric Doe with the uh, they're the Dega the Dega Party Crew. It's the DPC crew, and he's got a big party tent. They're do, doing a, a a country western singer from Nashville's coming down, and uh, doing a premiere. And you can look all those up on the social media sites, or go to my site and pull the archives. And that they they are all on there telling the show. But Tim, out of this race weekend, there's going to be a lot of good. A lot of it's going to toys for tots and other things in the community, and and we're helping people. I mean, you know, there's a lot of partying going on, but at the end of the day and the end of the weekend, it's all good for the community. And, Rowdy, I want to thank you for getting that out there. Just to sort of let some of our listeners know, it's not – Dega is a party community, a party-type racetrack. It's always – has always been like that since I was growing up back in the 80s as a teenager. But then again, y'all listen to Rowdy there. There's so many so many social media groups that actually come to Tyler, not only Tyler Digger, but they go to other tracks also. And, yes, like just like Rowdy said, they're out there partying. They're having them a beer or two. There's nothing wrong with that as long as they don't act a fool. And they're actually doing something good for the community, just like you said for some of these toys and talk stuff too, uh, uh, Rowdy. And is that going to – Include some maybe some Christmas stuff. I hate to put you on on the spot. Are they doing something? Yeah, well, Danny Wilson uh, over on in the infield. Danny Wilson and his group over there puts on a poker run, and all the money that he has. This has been going on for a long time. Nobody, you know, people. He does a fish fry. I'm telling you, folks, if you want some fish, go over there. Saturday morning, but you better find out what time, and you better be there early, because if you don't, it's going to be gone. And he don't charge nothing. He just asks for a donation. And all that money goes to help kids at Christmas. It does not have nothing for Christmas. It helps families out at Christmas. So they do a great job. Um, this uh, The Dagadoo Club, all this is on the social media sites. All you got to do is go look them up. The Dagadoo Fits in the South Park. The Dega Party Crew in North in the North Park, and then the uh, Dega Do Club on the infield, and they're great places to go. I mean, hey, when you go, there's no telling who you're going to see. I think Wally said last night they had 22 drivers went through their their camp last year. Good deal, Rowdy. Good deal. And y'all, y'all, just like Rowdy said, y'all follow Rowdy on uh, social media. Also, you know, Rowdy's probably got. A lot of them social media sites. He could hook you up to some of these some of these campsites where all these people are are doing something for charity, and it makes me feel good. Not only the drivers rally that does stuff for a charity, but also the fans, the groups. I mean, it's all about making everybody happy. And NASCAR is a sport alone. I mean, you know, we consider ourselves family. And rally since we started this radio deal about I don't know five, six, seven years ago. We've made a lot of friends. We've made a few enemies along the way, but, you know, that's just part of it because we have our, our opinions. But Rowdy and them, I'm, at, I'm telling you, y'all, y'all got to check out Rowdy's show. And, uh, you know, check out my show, too, with uh, Steve. You know, uh, I mentioned Rowdy's filling in for Stephen tonight. Stephen has the night off. Uh, Caleb's uh, 10 years old today. going to give a big shout-out to, uh, to Caleb up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, Stephen, an AM son there, he turned 10 years old today. 
But I think we've got our guest right here, Rowdy, and uh, yeah, we do. I want to bring on Crew Chief of the number 76 Grunt Style, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky Chevrolet for SS Greenlight Racing and Spencer Boyd in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. You find my button, Mr. Jason Miller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Jason Miller, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing great. Jason, I want to thank you again for taking time out to call in tonight. Uh, Stephen Wilson's Speedway Digest has the night off, so I've got my good friend from our sister station, uh, Mr. Rowdy Maglite from RowdyMaglite.com. So, uh, Jason, I'm going to hand you over to uh, Rowdy if you want to ask him a few questions, or would you like me to go first? It's up to you, brother. Use the, use the guest also. What do you want me to do? I'll start. Okay, go ahead, Rafa. Hey, okay, hey, welcome, Jason, and uh, thanks for being on the show tonight. My pleasure. Jason, being from Indianapolis, it's it's not always a give me that you're going to be in the automobile racing, but kind of what got you started to get you where you're well, at now? <laughs> I've always been in, around racing. My dad, my uncle, my brother, we've always been around it. I think the I can remember the very first time that I went into the garage area and started working on race cars. I think I was like seven years old. Um, and as time progressed on, fortunately, I got a, uh, opportunity to drive race cars. Uh, drove for, uh, one of the dirt legends, CJ Rayburn out of, uh, Whiteland, Indiana. And, uh, he really helped my career go out and start get going. And, uh, you know how racing costs so much money. Sometimes it's uh, it doesn't always fit your budget. So I wanted to stay in racing when I got to where I couldn't afford to drive myself. So I figured, well, if I want to stay in racing, I better learn how to work on them. <laughs> so that's what kind of brought me where I'm at right now. Well, you know, it's the greatest sport on earth, but, man, it's the most expensive sport. That's the sad part of, of racing is the expense of it all. And, you know, Arca's trying to curve that with the Elmore and the composite body. And it seems once you get the the package and, you know, get started, maybe the second, third year, it starts paying for itself. Yeah, it does. And, and with the Xfinity Series, just short, you know, the short time we've been running the composite body, um, it's kind of like there's never a good time to do it, but there's never not a good time to do it. It's going to take a few years to uh, – start seeing the cost savings but nascar does a great job and and it has it had to happen are y'all composite now the green line yeah y'all running composite yeah yes sir i'll uh, tell you what we we ran everything composite this year except for daytona talladega so what kind of sold me on composite body was i was going to start at mark and jeff turned me on the light models and I would see them get their whole front nose knocked off 
and then come back out and have a chance to win the race. The way they taped the, the it seemed like they just throwed it back and was able to tape it back down and compete again. Yeah, there's there's been a there's been a lot of uh, times at the racetrack this year. Uh, there has been cars that have gotten in the wall in practice, and when we ran the steel bodies, you had to hammer them out and you had to spread bondo and and it really it took a lot of time to repair the car so you could fit templates and with just replacing a panel and knocking the crush panels back out and resealing them it's it's really been a great thing i've seen quite a few cars that back in the day when we ran the steel bodies they would have had to pull a backup out and they were able to repair the body by putting a new panel on and not having to bring the backup car out so that was a big saving well, you know, most of the time when you do hit scrub that wall, you're going to turn that bead of that fender in, and it's usually going to cut your tire down. And I, I've seen them where they, they slap the wall, and they, and they just keep going. It sometimes, like, burns a hole into the through the composite. But, you know, it, it, they go right back at it. It's, I think there's a big advantage to have the composite now. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, NASCAR went to five star and said, "Hey, let's try to make a composite body that'll stand up to 180 miles an hour of downforce winds and be able to rub the wall, and the thing pops right back out." It's really amazing at how durable that the composite and, and five star NASCAR have really done a great job with that. Well, this kind of slow it down. I've been, I've got to hang out with Spencer a little bit over at the Dagadoo Club, <laughs> and they're, they're over there. Have you, have you been able, been able to make it over, Jason, to their club, no. the Dagadoo? No, I never have. I'm always the guy that's uh, having to stay at work. work, and yeah, yeah. Spencer gets to have all the fun. <laughs> well, what's it like working with Spencer? You know what? I work with a lot of young kids, and Spencer has a lot of talent. We haven't seen the best of Spencer Boyd yet. Okay? I just want to put that out there. Spencer's still learning. He's doing a great job for, for his first year and, and being in the situation that we're in. Um, Grunt Style is an awesome sponsor. They've been really, really good. And uh, he's been able to bring on some associates. That's been really good for us, too. But um, Spencer has a big heart. He's a lot of fun. And, you know, I've been around a lot of young drivers, and I, not a one of them I can say wanted it more than what Spencer Boyd wants it. I've been around him a good bit in the garage, and he's fun to be around. And he's a, I, you know, he's an ambassador to their products. I mean, really, he's a great spokesman for them. So, you know, I, I, I think great. I'm like you. I think great things are coming for Spencer. Absolutely, I think so too. And, and I mean, we started out the year, and we had some rough patches and stuff where we were we weren't running as good as what we expected. But it's like I try. I kept trying to tell him, and I've been down this road before with a lot of young drivers. Son, it takes a while. That's what I used to tell him. It, it takes a while for you and me click and for me to know what to give you and we've started we started out we were a 28th to 32nd place car every almost every week 
and it was frustrating. I mean, really frustrating. Frustrating for him, frustrating for me. Not so much for me because I had been down the road before with with uh, inexperienced drivers, but now I I feel like on an every week basis we're a 22nd to 25th place car. I think we've come that far in just you know this short season. Yeah. Well, one more, uh, Jason, and this is pretty important. You know, how do you deal with your personal life and, and working on, on a schedule that you, you you're not home all the time? It's, it's got to be tough. It's tough on family. I work. People think it's a glamorous life, but man, when you're at the track, you just said it a while ago when I asked you, did you go to that? No, you're working. You know, I've had guys yep. that worked in the Arca Garage, Jason, and they they wait in that chance, and they get up to Xfinity, and they go, yeah, we went to Vegas. Yeah, we went out to uh, all these <laughs> other tracks. But, no, we didn't do nothing but work and get on the plane and go home. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm I'm getting closer to 50. So <laughs> when I get done at the racetrack and we're done, I go down, I'll go back to the room, I'll, I'll uh, sit and look at notes, and, and a lot of times I fall asleep with my notebook in my lap. But uh, as far as family, family life and everything and being a crew chief, you have to have a very, very strong wife. And my, I've been blessed with probably one of the greatest wives that I could ever ask for. Um, I have two children, and she's a mom, and she does a great job. I'm not over here on the weekends to run them to their ball, run them to their karate, run them. You know, she does all of that, and and she never complains. I mean, if I didn't have the wife that I have, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, and uh, I can't give her enough uh, props and, and just tell her, you know, I, every time I see her, I just want to tell her how much I love her, and I appreciate that she does what she does to allow me to chase my dreams. Man, Jason, that sounds awesome, guy. Sounds awesome. Hey, Tim, it's yours, baby. Yes, Thank sir. you, Jason. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Rowdy. Jason, just to touch on one little deal that uh, that uh, Rowdy had uh, had mentioned to you. You know, we've had Spencer on our show multiple times. Like you said, he's uh, he has more determination than most than most kids that I've ever known, which I'm not going to call him a kid. I'm going to call him a young man, Jason. But uh, yeah. you had mentioned to Rowdy had, had posed a question to to you about, you know, the first of the year y'all were 28, 30 second. Well, then y'all sort of come back. You was getting top 25s, top 20s, and some real good finishes. And uh, we went to – Went to Dover this weekend there, the uh, the uh, Monster Mile there on the on the concrete over there, and Spencer had a 32nd place finish there. But the reason he did, he he had something in the front. Was it the front suspension, suspension Jason, that broke with him? It was actually the left rear truck arm, where the track bar mounts to the truck arm. Dover, Dover is a unique – they named it right. They call, they named it the Monster – it is everything and more of, of a monster. I mean, it breaks parts. It's hard on parts. When you come back from Dover, you have to inspect every part and piece of that race car to make sure for cracks and breaks. And um, unfortunately, the, the track bar where that mounts to the truck arm, it actually twisted that and almost pulled it off of the truck arm. 
and uh, it it was uh, really wasn't that old of a piece, you know. We always inspect them uh, before we go there because we just know how hard everything is. We try to brace everything up for there, and it was an unfortunate uh, mishap. I, I felt like we had right at that 25th place car in, and uh, it's uh, just unfortunate that a, a uh, a $200 park put us out of the race. And Jason, to sort of let some of our listeners know, you uh, you know, you just said just like it, I did too. Monster, they they named the Monster Mile, right? And with that with that park record, sort of let some of our listeners know just how demanding Dover is there on the concrete, on the concrete over there, the one mile over. Whenever. Whenever you're coming in, I mean, you know, when you're bailing off in, you're dropping down three stories. There is so much pressure on the right rear, the right front. I mean, it just amazes me, Jason, that everything lasts as long as it does. Yeah, it's it's. You know what amazes me the most is is Goodyear. They they give us a great tire week in and week out, and I sit there and I watch and I see the deflection in these tires and how much abuse the tires take. And, I mean, there's 3,400 pounds plus of right front wheel load. Just, I mean, and it all goes through that tire first. And uh, to not have as many tire failures as we do is just, you know, tells how great of a job that Goodyear does for us with their tires. But uh, 3,400 pounds, we all have, we all have as race teams, we all have our own pull-down rigs. And we can simulate uh, those loads. And so we know where to stop the splitter in the nose with our uh, packers and our bump springs. But you sit there and you pull the 3,400 pounds on a pull-down rig. I'll have to have you come down to the shop one of these days and uh, do a little do a little uh, radio thing there where you can sit there and you can hear the, this thing creaking and cracking. I think it's the 3,400 pounds. I mean, the noise that thing makes on the pull-down rig, you, you, you'll step back. <laughs> I bet, and I would definitely take you up on that. I would love to come actually see that. Maybe do a live, maybe do a live show there with you and Spencer, and maybe Paul. Everybody, everybody on on the on the whole crew there. But and uh, I got a ton of questions. If you if you got time, Jason, uh, would you rather oh, race on yeah. a concrete? Would you rather race on concrete, yeah. or would you rather race on asphalt? Is it easier to set up a car for asphalt or concrete? Well. Concrete is not as much uh, weather-driven as asphalt. Uh, asphalt, when it gets hot out, the track changes. Concrete stays more consistent. I like the concrete track. I love Bristol. I love Dover. Uh, I love Nashville Motor Speedway, the, the, the new track that, that we don't go to anymore. Um, to me, it's easier to make your car more consistent for a concrete track than it is for an asphalt track. And as far as strategy, talking about working on strategy there versus a concrete asphalt track, do you, you and Spencer and the team work on strategy prior, like during practice, or do y'all wait to the to the like the day of far as far as race day to make a decision on depending upon the track that you're at, far as if you're going to try to short pit, uh, or we're going to have a track that we're going to, have to do some some fuel mileage stuff on. Just 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 want to get your two cents on that too, Jason. Well. Strategy, you, you kind of look and see how everything goes through your first two stages. 
and you try to put yourself, you try to build your strategy off of those first two stages for your fuel mileage, how your tires run, what your tire builds are looking like, where you should go with your your tire temp pressures for that last stage. So, yeah, we, we try to sit down and we, we try to come up with a plan, but a lot of times with weather and, and the cloud cover or, or sun out or anything like that, as the run goes on, we, we always adapt. We try to sit down and come up with a, a plan, but uh, a lot of times it changes mid, mid-race. I bet it does, brother. And since, the, you know, Casey Kane announced on social media this morning that uh, he's not going to be cleared to race the rest of the season there for uh, the Vine Family Race. And his last race will be the uh, this past uh, Labor Day weekend, the, Southern, the Bojangles Southern 500. And, and you mentioned about temperature and far as hydration. What do you do far as a crew chief about keeping your pit crew hydrated? And what does Spencer do? I know Spencer... He doesn't have the opportunity that you and your, your crew do there. When y'all come over the wall, you know, y'all can walk around, get you a banana, come get you a water or Gatorade or what have you while, while Spencer's running. Can you talk a little bit about hydration and how much that you actually tell the team that you need to stay hydrated? Yeah, this time of year it's actually starting not to be as bad, and uh, in the spring of the year it's not as bad. But uh, with, with Spencer, he has water bottles. Uh, inside the car and with nascar they give you that extra man over the wall to service the driver with a tear off or or a water bottle uh during all of those uh, uh pit stops and with the segments now with the shorter segments before you know they usually happen 10 or 15 or laps before a fuel run what you normally would run without cautions all the way to the end of a fuel run it helps also try to keep you know, Spencer hydrated and alert and everything. So we did, we basically try to give him a water bottle and uh, everything. Sometimes we'll in the in the summertime we'll have ice bags and he'll unzip his fire uniform, put the ice bag back in and zip it back up and try to keep his body and his core temperature down that way too. Jason, will you be in the uh the commander in chief there of everything that goes on during a during a race, you got your spotter. Uh, ever you know, versus whatever track you have, you might have multiple spotters. But how how often does does do you communicate with Spencer during a run if you got a long green flag run, and do you let the spotter sort of dictate and sort of take over, and do you just sit back and listen and let him tell Spencer what I was going on on the racetrack? I I can't see the entire racetrack like the spotter can. So I try to limit my communications with the driver because I don't want to come over the radio and not be able to see where he's at on the racetrack and and him not be able to hear the spotter tell him to miss an incident. So what I do is I have two radios. I have Channel 1 and Channel 2. I solely talk to the spotter on Channel 1 because I can't see where they're at on the racetrack, and he, he relays the message on channel two to spencer because he'd be able to see that okay he's not in there's no other cars around him right now now's a great time to relay that message and jason my final question before we let you jump out of here if you were racing this weekend here at my home track at talladega which you know i know y'all are all 
y'all are taking weekend off. We've got the NASCAR Camp for World Truck Series here, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, which you run here in the in the spring. And uh, you sort of have to make some strategy. If you was if you were in one of these truck teams or if you were in a Cup Series team uh, atmosphere here and uh, you were trying to make it into the chase, and, you know, this is not the cutoff race. You know, we this is the middle race here. What would you advise your driver to do this fall here at Tyler Super Would you lay back, play it conservative, because you never know when a big one's going to come, brother? I would lay back. If I was trying to make it to the next round of the chase or trying to get – I would lay back and find a group of guys that were wanting to do the same thing that I trusted and that Spencer or whoever the driver was that felt comfortable around would lay back in a smaller pack and just wait until the end of the race and let it play out. We all, as race car drivers, crew chiefs, we all are competitive. But we all have to be smart, too, because there is nothing more than I would love to run up through the middle of the pack and be up there in it all day long and and lead laps. And I mean, as a competitor, that's what we want to do. But as we all see at Talladega, not everybody play nice a lot of times, and things happen too early in the race for you to to be worried. You got to move on to the next stage. So to me, it's smarter. We did that at Daytona at the Fourth of July race. I told Spencer, I don't care if we lose the draft and we go a lap down, we go a lap down. We'll get that lap back. I said that won't be a problem. And, and we'll just take it as it comes. And he ended up getting his best career finish of 17th. So uh, we didn't do that kind of at the February race, and we got beat up pretty bad. The car got, you know, beat up pretty bad, and we couldn't really contend because of aerodynamics play such a big role at Talladega and Daytona. Amen, brother. And, Jason, I want to give you this moment. Uh, we'll let everybody thank sponsors. Uh, owners, people that has helped you get to where you're at right now, you got the floor, brother. You can thank anybody you want to. <laughs> well, first of all, like I said, I have to thank my wife because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And um, I just, you know, there's a lot of people along the way that's helped me get to where I'm at, you know. And one of the one of the ones, one of the two guys that really helped me get to where I'm at is Andy Petrie and Bobby Hamilton. And uh, Bobby's not with us anymore, but I got to race with him and uh, actually got to we got to be a part of the team that won there at Talladega with him in the Square D55. And uh, there's a lot. There's so many people. This is this is my 19th year. I'm getting next year's my 20th year, and uh, there's so many people to uh, to thank. But uh, I also, you know, my owner now that I have Bobby Dodder, and he's he's awesome. I've been with him longer than I have anybody and, and wouldn't couldn't think about working for anybody else. And, uh, you know, Grunt Style and, and Chevrolet, and they've been great to us this year. So uh, I guess there's, there's just so many to thank right now being in it as long as I have. But there are certain people that really, really stick out in my career. And uh, I think Bobby Hamilton and, and Andy Petrie and, and Bobby Dodder are, are some of the ones that really, really stick out and help me get to where I'm at. Jason, I want to thank you for what you do for 
my good friend Spencer Boyd there, uh, talking him through everything there. And thanks again, Jason, for taking time to come on tonight with uh, myself and uh, and Rowdy. And good luck in a couple of weeks going to Kansas, brother. And uh, I hope to see you in Homestead. Uh, I'm going to Dega this weekend, and then uh, myself and Suzanne, my wife, we're going to fly down to Homestead there. Uh, we're actually going to do a live show. Uh, I talked to Neil from the PR guy there and talked to him today. He actually called me and said he's going to get us radio room. So I would love to have y'all walk in our radio room at Homestead Miami Speedway for championship weekend. we sit down and talk, maybe eat a little bit of uh, kick-ass beef jerky, bro. That sounds great, man. That'd be awesome. And uh, one other thing, you know, we got we got some things working in the works next year uh, that uh, might be big coming up real soon and uh, got some new partners and stuff coming on and uh, – I'd just like to give a shout-out to one of our new partners that's going to be coming along, along with us next year is um, uh, Sparrow Ranch. Um, go on uh, SparrowRanch.org and, and check it out. It's a great nonprofit that we're going to try to help uh, get the word out uh, for special needs children. And uh, the gentleman's name is Ricky Teal. He's a great guy. And uh, all you guys out there listening, go on SparrowRanch.org and check it out, man. It's, it's a great cause. And uh, really, really like I have a soft place in my heart for special needs kids. Amen. Anything to help anybody out. The good Lord's with them. The good Lord's going to provide, Jason. Absolutely, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it, brother. Tell uh, tell Spencer I said be at it, see I will. It's it's hard to make him, to control him sometimes. He's, he's wide open, but I... I remember back when I was 22 years old, I was pretty wide open, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. All right, Tim. Thank you, buddy. All right. See bye you, bye. Jason. All right, bye. Yep. Jason, brother there, Rowdy Crew Chief, number 76, Grunt Style Chevrolet Camaro there for Spencer Board in NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, he's one of the – you know, we always talk about guys that hadn't forgotten where they come from, Stephen, and I've – I've known Jason for a few years, talked to him a couple of times at the racetracks. It's the first time that we've had him on the on our show and uh he really is one of them that hadn't forgot where he come from. Rowdy. I mean, you know, like you had mentioned to him, you had asked him about how he got started. He wanted to thank a lot of people, Bobby Hamilton and you know, to go back to some of them guys. And that just I enjoy having somebody on that has that enthusiastic of a mindset to talk to us. Yeah, and, you know, if his wife starts to think she, he's taking her for granted, he, she just needs to listen to that this show because uh, he pretty much summed it up. He wouldn't be nowhere without his wife. That's amen, Rowdy. And to throw out there, uh, again, listeners, number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain alongside a Rowdy Maglite from the Rowdy Maglite Show. we got coming up here shortly, I think we got my good friend, Miss. Mr. Jerry Sellers is going to come on. We're going to have some some of them old throwback stories, uh, right? Like 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 you and I like to hear from hear from here at here at Dega back in the day, how everything was run, and it's just I love hearing old stories. That's coming up, Tim. I hey, this weekend at Talladega for me. <laughs> I hope that starts tomorrow, Wednesday night. <laughs> Too, brother. And folks, let's uh. Let's take a short break. Uh, we're going to be back here in just a few minutes with uh, Jerry Sellers there. He is a uh, a former uh, former volunteer 
I guess you'd say, for Tidal Super Speedway International Sports Hall of Fame. But again, uh, I'm Timmy Spain alongside of Reddy Maglite. We'll be right back after this song live from Talladega Super Speedway. I'm a mama's boy, I'm a fist fight Kind of county line, kind of cold beer Little hat down, little John Deere I kind of give a damn, I kind of don't care You see the girl standing right there She loves a small town boy like me She's my ride or die, baby She's my cool, she's my crazy She's my laid back in the front seat She's my with me till the end I'm a turn up the Back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Timmy Spain alongside a Ratty Maglite from RattyMaglite.com. Uh, and also Speedway Digest Radio Network. we got to include you in that too, Ratty. Right, we got our guest coming on. I'm going to bring on a uh, former volunteer for Talladega Super Speedway and International Motorsports Hall of Fame here, my good friend, Mr. Jerry Sutter. Let me find this 
Bud. And I want to bring Jerry on with a bomb. Let's bring Jerry in with a bomb. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Good evening, Mr. Jerry Sellers. How you doing? Good evening. No, I don't. I don't. I don't I'm, want to fight. That's just one of our bring on songs. I'm too old for that, brother. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> That's oh, right. Man. How, How you doing, doing Tim? You I'm doing good, brother. What'd you have for supper? Uh, running running roads for Philip today. Oh, okay. Got a so joke you for did. you though. All right, go ahead, Jerry. All right, good racing joke. I was told this years ago, Junior Johnson used to have a garden out by his racing shop, and he had an old mule that plowed that garden, and they didn't have to uh, have a bridle on it, nothing like that. The mule plowed it so long, he knew how to plow down the middle of the row without plowing any vegetables up. One day, Junior went out there to plow, and the mule went about halfway down the row, and it went off to the right, started plowing up vegetables. Junior hollered, whoa, mule. He walked around, looked at the front of the mule, and his eyes was crossed. He said, I don't know what's wrong with my mule. I never had this problem before. I guess I better load it up take it down to the vet. Took it down to the vet. Vet said, yeah, I can fix your mule. He said, stand up there and watch the mule's eyes. He said, I'm going to look. Uh, I'm going to get back here, and I'm going to insert this pipe and then blow in it and said his eyes should come straight in a minute when they do holler at me. So the vet did what he said he was going to do, and Junior's watching his eyes, and he said, whoa, man, that's good. said his eyes are straight. And he said, well, your mules are fine now. said, you take it on back home. said, everything's going to be fine. So he took him back home, and for the next week, the mule was fine, and then it happened again. And the vet charged him $250 to fix the mule first time, and Junior says, well, I know what the guy did. said, I don't all I need somebody to look him in the eye while I insert the pipe and blow in. So he said, I'll just call Buddy Baker. So he called Buddy Baker to come over to his house, and they, uh, he told him, he said, now I'm going to insert this pipe in the mule, and I'm going to blow in it, and said, you get up there and watch his eyes and holler when they straighten up. So Junior huffed and puffed in the pipe, and nothing happened. And he looked around the mule at Buddy, and he said, there ain't nothing. His eyes had not straightened up yet, but he said, nope. He said, well, I don't understand that. That's all of it, did he? said, tell you what to do. He said, you come back here and blow in the pipe. Let me get on the other end and watch the mule's eyes. said, that's where I was at the vet's place. So they swapped ends with the mule. A minute or so passed, and Junior didn't hear him blowing in the pipe, so he looked around the mule at Buddy, and he said, what are you doing, man? He said, uh, you're not blowing in the pipe. He said, I'm changing the ends of the pipe, man. You don't think I'm going to put my mouth on the same end yours is on, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry says you ain't right. <laughs> Jerry, thank you for taking time, time to taking time to call in. And I'm sure, uh, like I said, Steve Wilson has the night off. I got my good friend Ronnie O'Riga, Rowdy Maglite. And if you can, Jerry, can you stay on and sort of tell us some of the stories about you and your wife uh, 
Terry out there uh, volunteering at South Oak Super Speedway and the uh, International Motorsports Hall of Fame. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand you over to uh, to uh, Ratty. Ratty might have a couple questions if that's okay, Jerry. Okay, that's fine. Hey, Jerry, thanks for being on tonight. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> no. Well, being around Tyler Dickens so long, you know, let's let's go back to what it used to be, Jerry. If you can kind of explain what way back in the uh, early seventies, what Talladega on the Boulevard was like back. Well, then. I remember working the first race at the uh, Tunnel Gate, where the, where the main entrance is, and I don't know if you remember, but uh, they were going to boycott that race and not race, and some of them didn't. And I do remember that we had to tell people as they drove up and give them a ticket. I think we tore it half in two and told them that if they did not race today, they could take that ticket and go down to either Daytona or another race at Talladega and use that to get in. And I thought that was kind of amazing. You remember that one? No, sir. Um, My dad was at the second race. At Talladega, he was. I didn't. Yes, sir. I, uh, I I didn't really get involved in racing until '91 with my family, and we've been kind of steady out there ever since. Once, once my my brothers were all in it in the '70s also, but I think I was too busy doing other things in life, <laughs> and, and uh, kind of come back full circle. But I heard, I've heard a lot of the stories and people here in my hometown in Carbon Hill, Alabama what it used to be like. Their campsite was actually where the scoreboard, which is pretty much the, Jerry, isn't it? Uh, the scoreboard's about the tallest point in the infield. They used to race and get up on top of the hill. Being from Carbon Hill, they wanted to be on top of the hill looking down at everybody. Yeah. Uh, I guess some of our best years over there was really not on the racing scene. It was volunteering to help with the uh, – International Motorsports Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Uh, and my wife worked there at the Hall of Fame for a little while. With it. A lady that was there had a son that came down with cancer, and uh, we knew Amanda, uh, and Amanda was a big part of that back then when uh, when the other guy was there that was head of it. I can't think of his name now. But anyway, she asked my wife to fill in, and my wife filled in there for a while, and and Don Maimon is who I was trying to think of. He wanted her to stay on, and we had a grandchild born about that time, and she was going to have to help keep him so she didn't get to do it. But uh, I would take a week's vacation, and we would start off in Birmingham, and uh, all of them would fly into Birmingham, and we'd have dinners over there together, and we had some wonderful time telling jokes like that. As a matter of fact, I told that same joke one night, and I never will forget. I believe it was the year that Ralph Earnhardt was inducted and Wendell Scott, the black guy that was driving, and John Force was driver of the year that year. And uh, I sat at the table, a round table in a lounge, and Martha Earnhardt, uh, Tiny Lund's widow, Fireball Roberts' widow was there. And I told that joke, and Tiny Lunds would have jumped up, and she said, "Oh, Buddy Baker's sitting over here." Said, "You got, we got to get him over here and let him tell you, let you tell him that joke." So Buddy came over there and sat down. She said, "He don't even. He looks at the glass before he sticks it to his mouth. Said he can't stand nothing dirty." So anyway, he got over there, and I told him the joke, and he had on a straw hat, and I still got that hat somewhere here at the house. 
and after I finished the joke, he said, man, you deserve this hat. He said, I'm just going to give it to you. And he just reached over the table and stuck it on my head. And those were some good times. And i got to say something about Larry McReynolds, too. Uh, we've got a son that has autism. He just graduated high school with magna cum laude this year. And he was into cars at one time, and he would even sit in our car and read the full manual when he'd come to the house. And my wife uh, was in charge of Larry McReynolds' wife at one of the induction ceremonies, and uh, some way or another through Amanda, we got Larry's email, and we told Larry the situation that we had with our grandson and asked Larry that, if at all possible, since he was into cars, if he could come and interview him at the next Talladega race. We heard back from Larry. He gave us his cell phone number and said, sure, he would love to do that. He said, uh, just call me uh, on Thursday, I believe it was, Thursday or Friday uh, of race week. And then Roger Haynes and, and uh, Tim has had Roger on the show. What a great job. And, uh, of course, Rogers had some medical issues, and he's in very much need of our prayers, and uh, he seems to be doing better right now, which I'm glad of that. But they put us in a van, took us around, took my grandson around, and we met Larry, and Larry took us up on the stage at Speed Vision, I believe it was back then. And uh, my grandson sat there and asked him questions, and I never will forget the last question he asked him. He said, who do you think will win the championship this year? And Larry said, Brad Keselowski. And Brad won it that year. So that was kind of amazing. Well, listen, you know, without volunteers and, and what you do, uh, it, it wouldn't be possible. And, and I, I appreciate it. I know the fans appreciate it. And uh, I always look forward for the new introduct, inductees each year. And uh, I'm yeah. going to throw you back over to Tim. And thanks for coming on. And uh, I know Tim's got few questions for you and I'm hopefully tomorrow night I'll be at Talladega to listen to some more of those those stories uh around the campfire up until Monday morning I guess is when I'm gonna try to come on. <laughs> okay, great. Nice talking with you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rowdy. Yeah, Jerry, I always love to hear you tell that that a story, but I, I know you and your wife Terry. Uh, you know, just like you mentioned, Amanda and and Roger. I want to give a want to give a big amen to the good Lord. Roger's doing a lot better, and I'm assuming yep. he's going to be at the race this weekend. Uh, let some of our listeners know Roger Haynes is the one that drives the John Ray trucking rig around the uh, Super Speedway with the big American flag on it when we do the national anthem and all that. The the uh, prayer. But uh, Jerry, can you can you talk a little bit about maybe some other uh, highfalutin, I call them highfalutin. I think you call them highfalutin too. Some of the highfalutin guests you and your wife has met doing this volunteering stuff here at the International Motorsports Hall of Fame. Oh man, we we met, and, and one thing I got to say about all these people we met were super nice. John Force came into the uh, hotel. He got there about ten thirty, and we were all still sitting around the table. I went over and introduced myself as he was checking in, and I said, I got a good joke I need to tell you when you finish. And he said, okay, that's fine. So he finished up, and he came over there, and I told him that same joke, and I never will forget. It's kind of lengthy. And John said, boy, are you ever going to finish this joke where I can go to bed? He said, I got to get up in the morning. 
<laughs> but uh, another another thing, uh, Wendell Scott's family was there, and uh, they had an aunt that was with them, and something happened to her leg. They were in the in the hotel upstairs in one of the rooms, and uh, something happened to uh, to one of uh, Wendell's uh, sister, I guess it was, and Amanda sent me up there, and she said, "Go up there." And take get the said here's the keys to the Hall of Fame band said I need you to take them to the hospital we're gonna get an ambulance for them so I go up to the room and I knock on the door and they open the door and this guy opens the door and he says oh come on in doctor said she's right over here and I said whoa whoa wait a minute I'm not the doctor I'm just gonna get y'all to the hospital they got an ambulance coming <laughs> but I sat at the hospital and talked to Wendell's son. And he invited me to come to Danville, Virginia, anytime I wanted to. He said, I'd, the shop is still there. And he said, I'd love for you to see it. I've never had the opportunity to do that, but uh, I would like to do that someday. And, Jared, to, you know, since since this is Tile Digger Race Week, I'm glad you took time to uh, take time out to come on the show tonight. I really do appreciate it. But uh, can you talk a little bit? I think you – uh, had David Pearson at one time too. What you escorting David Pearson? No, I, I never had, had to uh, escort David. I had Rusty Wallace at one time, and that was great. The thing about these people is they're just down to earth like we are, you know. Uh, and that's what I enjoyed about it. They they were always nice and friendly to you, and appreciated everything you did to try to help them to find what they wanted and you know get to where they needed to go. It was just uh, fantastic to get to meet some of them. I never will forget uh, the night after I told all the jokes in Birmingham, and I told several of them. Some of them I don't even remember anymore, but uh, we was at the Hall of Fame close to the library in the hallway, and I was walking down the hallway, and I ran into uh, Martha Earnhardt, and uh, she stopped and introduced me to three people that she had with her, she said, "This is Jerry." Said he kept us entertained in Birmingham last night, and I thought that was real nice of her, you know. And Terry and I tried to schedule a trip to. Uh, she was, uh, she was at uh, one of the shops. I think the maybe junior shop, or uh, I don't remember now. But I looked on the calendar, and she was there signing autographs on certain days when you took the the Hall of Fame tour to the shops, and we never could schedule it where I could go back and uh, see her again because she's a sweet lady, and all of them were nice. Yeah, they are, Jerry. Every one of them are. Jerry, real real quick before we let you jump out of here, uh, who are you picking to win the 1000bubs.com 500 here at Tyler Super Speedway this Sunday, October 14th? Oh, my. That's a good one. Uh I'm going to have to go with, uh, oh, wow. I thought about that It's hard. Day. Oh. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to give Elio a shot. I think he can do it again. You know, he won last week. I think he can do it again. That's right. Chase Elliott. Brady, who are you going to go with? Ooh. I'm going to go with uh, Kurt Busch. That's another good one. I'm going to jump off yep. the record 
Y'all, y'all might say I'm crazy. I'm gonna go with Matt De Benedetto. Could be. Uh, I know. Go ahead and laugh. Y'all go ahead and laugh. I ain't gonna say nothing like. Hey, it's it's <laughs> Talladega. He he might be yep. the last car standing. Yep. You exactly. never know. <laughs> exactly, Jerry. Uh, I want to thank you for taking time out to come on tonight, brother. I surely do appreciate it. Is there anything you want to throw out before we let you jump out of here? No, Tim, I just uh, I thank the world of you and Suzanne. Enjoy your program. And, uh, uh, you know, you all come out here at the house a lot of times and watch the races with us. And you're welcome to come anytime, buddy. Thank you, Jerry. I sure appreciate it, brother. Thank you again. And thanks for taking the time to come on with uh, with myself and, uh, and Rowdy. We really do appreciate it. You. I'll talk to you later. You're bro. welcome. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Jerry Sellers there, Rowdy. I've been trying to get him on for about two years, and I've seen the opportunity. But anyway, Rowdy, uh, I know you stayed on. We've had a long night. We've had a really big show. And uh, before uh, we jump out of here, before I let you thank some of your sponsors and stuff, I want to uh, throw out the uh, – the uh, the radio and TV schedule this weekend here at Talladega Super Speedway. All times are local. Uh, Camper Royal Truck Series practice. This is Friday, October 12th. Camper Royal Truck Series practice is at 10.05 a.m. to 10.55 a.m. on Fox Sports 2. And then after that, Camper Royal Truck Series final practice is at 11.35 a.m. to 12.25 p.m. on Fox Sports 2 also. Camper Royal Truck Series qualifying, 5.35 p.m. on Fox Sports 2, that's Thursday evening, and then Saturday, October 13th, the Monster Energy Cup Series final practice, 11 a.m. to 12.20 p.m. MRN has your radio coverage, NBCSN has your TV. Uh, radio pre-race, 12.30 p.m. Uh, MRN, and then the Camper World Truck Series, uh, FR8 auctions, 2.50 here at Talladega Super Speedway, 1 p.m. MRN has your radio, Fox has your TV. Monster Energy Cup Series qualifying is at 4.30 p.m. Saturday afternoon, which you and I will be there. MRN has your radio, NBCSN has your TV. Sunday, October 14th, the big race, brother. Radio radio pre-race, 1 p.m. MRN. TV pre-race countdown to green, 1 p.m. on NBCSN. Then you're going to flop it back over to NBC, and MRN has your, has your radio coverage. The Monster Energy Cup Series, 1000Bubs.com, 500 from here at Tyler Super Speedway. Your local at track MRN station is WTDR FM 92.7 with Grady and uh, JP and the bunch over there. They're going to be after this weekend too. So y'all listen to uh, 92.7. And uh, before we jump out of here, uh, Rowdy, anything you want to announce? I know we're going to have a, uh, we got a radio room Saturday. Uh, I think I mentioned it. Uh, you and Chi-Town Mark's coming down. Stephen Wood and his wife, A.M. flying in from Richmond. Uh, so we got a radio room. We're going to do a live radio show Saturday morning. Time to be announced here at Tyler Super Speedway. But anything you want to throw out there, Rowdy, you got the full book. Well, look, first of all, listen, everybody, if you feel a disconnect with your kids, Saturday would be a great day with the truck race at Talladega. Kids get in free under 12. Uh, tickets are not that expensive. Go on the social media sites, there's people giving them away. All you got to do is like and share, and you got a chance to win tickets. Tailgating, Tim, you know, hey, it don't take Ain't much to throw up a tent and a little grill and have fun, you know? Uh, 
But you can follow me on the Rowdy Maglite show, uh, Rowdy Maglite, and uh, do a friend request on my Rowdy page and follow me every Monday night. We have the Rowdy Maglite show. And Tim, Suzanne, Steve, thanks a lot. And without y'all, it'd be a lot different around here. Rowdy, thank you very much, brother. And again, before you jump out of here, Rowdy, I want to thank uh, Jason Miller, crew chief, SS Greenlight Racing there for number 76. NASCAR X Finney Series Camaro there for Spencer Board. I want to thank Jerry Sellers for coming on too. Uh, he done a lot for the sport back in the day. I love hearing Jerry's stories and just like I said, Rowdy, we're gonna meet y'all at the uh at the racetrack this weekend. There will be a time to be announced and uh y'all 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 tune in. Uh the pit stop Timmy Spain, Stephen Wilson, Rowdy Maglite, Shy Town Mark, we're all gonna be going live from Tallahassee Super Speedway this Saturday morning. Uh, just check out all of our social media pages. We'll let you on that again. Bradley, thank you very much. We're going to say good night from this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Good night. See you.